0: Hello, 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 so starting off with uh, an apology for not putting anything out, but um, figured I'd take a break, and uh, so there we go, so back at it like a crack addict, and uh, got some shit to complain about, so I think the number one story is the coronavirus. Um, talk a little bit about that and, uh, and um, let's talk a little bit about uh, prison um, I'm going to focus on California prisons because uh, that's what I know the most about I guess um, and how the, the whole Prison system in in general, I suppose. So not just focusing on California, but the the system that's in place um, currently, and uh, either the positives or negatives or whatever you personally feel. Um, I'm gonna bitch about it. So uh, I don't really care <laughs> if you like how it's set up or if you don't like how it's set up. Um, I think it's an interesting thing to talk about, and I think that. It's something worthwhile to uh, complain about on a more um, in in a more focused way, and on particular things that uh, that go on in prison and um, how states make their uh, decisions on how they run their prisons. And to finish it all off, I think we'll talk about the primaries and the, um, the absolute shit show of the debates. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely an interesting time to be alive and to see, see the shift in not just U.S., but global uh, politics and how people conduct themselves and what I think is the most interesting about that at least is that in my opinion shit hasn't really changed it's it's kind of just been like this forever but you know as you get older you just see different things in a different light and you'll always see shifts so let's uh let's jump right into it and let's get some rants of the week out of the way We're gonna kick this off with uh, with the coronavirus or C O V I D nineteen, COVID nineteen, however you wanna say it. So this is something that everybody has been talking about, I think. Um, and I, I I I don't know, I don't get it. I don't I, I, I do get it, but at the same time I don't get it because it's you know it's got a two percent fatality rate. So it's, it's you know, it's not super lethal and those that are dying are you know, the 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 typical demographic of those that die when they get sick, the old, the the very young and those with other things going on, you know. Um, respiratory issues, heart disease, things like that. So people that are already kind of sickly are, are getting sick or and dying, which just you know, that's Seems pretty normal, pretty typical for any disease, um, and you know I understand that the the scary part of this is that you won't know if you're sick for you know a couple of weeks, maybe a month or something like that. Um, so, little background: started in China, uh, rapidly spread. Um, new cases are getting um, reported every day. Uh, It's killed, I don't know, a few thousand people, I believe, um, mostly in China. Um, There are a few in the US, in Washington, California, uh, Oregon, I believe, Wisconsin, Um, Rhode Island just, uh, just had a case um and so you know the the spread i guess is what's what's scary but at the same time people forget that the flu influenza um is is basically you know the same thing <laughs> like you're probably going to be fine and you're probably going to get sick for a little bit and then you'll be fine if you're, you know, not an infant or a geriatric and you don't have any uh, any other symptoms or any other uh, sicknesses, illnesses, whatever you want to call it. And like if you are um, old and you got heart disease, well, <laughs> probably something to be scared about. Um, and if you're not, then, you know, just be sick for a little while and move on. Because that's, that's, that's just how it goes. Um, so I don't get this huge fear. Wash your hands. Be a sanitary person. Take care of yourself. Don't, you know, <laughs> don't go to China. Um, that's, that's probably, uh, a bit of advice that I think anybody would, would heed at this moment, um, unless it's for work, I guess, and in which case, just wash your hands. Like it's it's uh, in my opinion, you know, my limited medical knowledge. Uh, it's not as it's not as scary as everybody is portraying it to be, um, and just a little background on myself. I did work in the medical field for five years. Um, uh in the navy um so not the best but not the worst um yeah so you know it's 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 not the spanish flu or um you know the the bird flu that happened i think it was the bird flu or sars or whatever that happened in the early 2000s that killed way more people was way scarier in my opinion again um and this thing has, has, it has the, you know, it's got the possibility to, um, or it has the potential to create a, uh, a global recession, it seems like. Because if you follow that kind of thing, like um, the, the markets and what they're doing, um, they are tanking. And it doesn't help that you've got a commander-in-chief who is saying that it'll be gone by April and that he's appointing his vice president who, you know, I feel like his his response to this is just pray it away <laughs> with his track record um, to be the one leading the charge. And he's also saying stuff that's just... Objectively incorrect and just wrong, and is basically fighting the CDC in what they're putting out. So it's, you know, that's definitely not helping that the CDC is saying one thing and that the executive branch is saying something entirely, entirely different. Um, you know, it's just kind of ridiculous. That, The whole thing is just ridiculous. Um, And stupid. And so everybody's freaking out. People in America are buying uh, respiratory masks. Respiration masks, whatever the hell they're called. Like those painting masks and all that kind of stuff. Um, Look. There are, I believe it's up to 79 people in America who have been confirmed with the coronavirus or whatever you want to call it the um COVID-19 um and a majority of those were on a cruise ship that went to Asia there has been one death I believe in Washington state of I wouldn't call him a geriatric he was an elderly guy I suppose um I think he was in his late fifties, but he also had pre-existing conditions that would hamper his ability to get better. Like there's there's certain things that you, you sh- should pick up on when you are talking about the uh, illness. Um, one of those things is what if if there is a chance that you have something that'll make something worse, then you know, you, you kind of got to just bite the bullet and accept the, the reality that is it's going to be more serious for you. Um, but for a majority of people, it's not going to be as serious as, as uh, I think people are making it out to be. And again, this is all just my opinion. Um, the CDC, uh, from what I've gathered, um, is kind of eh, saying the same thing that I am, Um And I guess part of my opinion has been born from what the CDC is saying is that it's, you know, it's probably going to spread in the the United States, Um, that it's probably not as deadly as um, a lot of people think it is, and that we should worry and that it should be of global concern. But not to the point where it's going to be, like I mentioned earlier, the Spanish flu. It's not going to be the Black Plague. It's not going to be these things that are going to just decimate the human population. Um, With that being said, you know, if you're really so scared that you're buying masks and you're going to hold your kids from school or not go to work yourself or you know whatever you're going to change your lifestyle from this i would just say you know <laughs> the flu has a has a worse track record than than this does and it kills way more people globally than than this um So, you're you're probably gonna be fine. It's probably not that big of a deal. Like I said, unless you've got something already, that would make it worse. Um, Not to, not exactly to compare the two, but it's kind of like HIV and AIDS, right? Like when you get sick, it's just gonna be that much worse because you have a weakened immune system. So if you've already got a weakened immune system, and you get this disease then it it obviously is going to be worse for you. It's not going to be a walk in the park. And even if it does and even if you are a healthy individual, I suppose that there is still that chance that you will still um you'll still die. So, you know, there, there's always that chance, but you look at the 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 labels on Aspirin or Motrin or whatever, and you'll see the same kind of thing. You'll see like, oh, there's a super small chance that you will die, but this will probably help in other ways, and the chances are so small that you take the drugs anyways. So, uh, you know, it's it's not that bad. It, it, it could be, and the the spread of it is definitely worrisome, and the time the inoculation time is. Worrisome, but um, <sighs> humans are resilient. We will be fine. You know, It's like the whole smallpox thing in the Revolutionary War. Like, people were getting smallpox and dying, and that was causing all sorts of horrible um, effects to the, the troops that were fighting in the Revolution, and so they came up with a way to fight it. Humans are resilient. We, we will figure something out. Um, the whole world is working on figuring this out right now. So I have no doubt in my mind that this will be a thing for, you know, it could be a thing forever. Like, um, I read somewhere that um, it was from a a CDC doctor talking about how this could potentially just become a new thing. Like, when you get your flu shot, it'll be flu and this strain of the flu. Um, And we'll just go about our everyday life you know nobody seems to really talk that much about SARS which was like I said in my opinion way worse Um, but nobody really cares about that it came and went and humanity persisted and that's probably what's gonna happen here it's just the disease of the day so you know don't worry about it so much it's not that big deal humans will be fine you will probably be fine. And let's move on to the next topic. So, for the next thing, let's uh let's stick with the whole government politics side of this and go straight into the primaries. So, the Democratic primaries are the ones that everybody's talking about because the only I think the only Republican that's challenging Trump is Bill Weld, and that's not really worth talking about. Trump is gonna win the Republican ticket unless something crazy happens. But let's face it, Trump has said and done some crazy things and been fine. So he's he's basically the shoe-in um for the Republican nomination. On the other side of things, it is becoming ridiculous it's it's uh, it's like a a a sixth grade playground you know with thirteen year olds twelve year olds however you are however old you are um uh, just bashing the other person and You got Joe Biden, who I believe he actually just won South Carolina, um, which I guess if you support him, that's good. Um, Bernie Sanders won his, his, I think it was like what, he won New Hampshire. Um, So I think that's the first one that he's won, or second one, I think him and uh, Pete Buttigieg basically tied Nevada. Um Buttigieg won the one before that, which I can't remember off the top of my head, and uh I'm not going to clack away on my computer and look it up so he won the one before that, and if you know you know um so anyways, things are getting interesting you know people are are you know people are dropping out election right you got uh, Andrew yang who's dropped out and you got Um, uh, the billionaire guy who nobody really cared about. Um, Not Bloomberg, the other one. I can't even remember his name. Steyer. Yeah, that guy. He he dropped out. Um, I'm not going to list all the people because it's not worth listing them all, in my opinion. So, we will continue. It is becoming a shit show in the Democratic debates and in the primaries. And... My fear is that you got uh, the Sanders supporters who are diehard and won't back a candidate unless it's Bernie Sanders. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's my big concern with all this. Um, or my biggest concern, I suppose. Uh, then you've got... Uh, Elizabeth Warren who's kind of fell out of favor, it seems, lately. And you got got uh, Klobuchar, who I don't really think anybody is really talking about her because I don't think she's really done too much. Uh, I predict that she will be the next to drop out of the race. And so that'll be just another thing that we pretend to care about for a second. And we'll move on just as how we always do, because nobody seems to really genuinely give a shit and everybody just kinda seems to go from one thing to the other and just complain along the way, which is exactly what I am currently doing to an audience of two. Um <laughs> or maybe more, I don't know. I don't I don't really check the numbers. Um so yeah, so anyways that's that's I guess the background that I deem important for whatever that's worth. Um that last debate was a joke. It just was people shouting over each other. The the proctors of the debate just kinda let it happen. They were not in control. They asked some very weird questions and it was just a joke. I mean, this is this is how you re elect Trump is by taking the party and and making it into the joke that the Republicans want. And, you know, it is what it is. It's just going to be how it, how it's run, it seems like. Um, people, you know, all these people, all these candidates running right now need to kind of realize that um, most of them don't have a chance in hell, a snowball's chance in hell, of getting the nomination at this point. It's too late for a lot of these guys. Um, I, you know, I don't think Bloomberg will get the nomination. I think that he is doing it, you know, as kind of like, a, oh, hey, I'm going to toss my hat in the ring and then I'm going to run for governor or something like that of a state or New York or, you know, wherever. I think that Klobuchar, again, another one that doesn't really have a chance. I don't honestly think that Pete Buttigieg has much of a chance. Um, all these numbers are going down for all these people that I just mentioned. And support behind Biden and Sanders seems to be growing, 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 kind of like it was uh, in the last election cycle with um, Clinton and uh, Sanders again. So, uh, you you know, it's just. uh, I don't understand how these people are still going to go to these debates and how they're still going to you know ask for money for their campaign um when it just there really is no chance that they're going to get the nomination you know it's stupid they're just wasting time they're wasting money they're wasting all this other shit that the end they they could be doing other stuff like they want to talk about all this kind of shit of um their their the platforms that they're running on, so like for the healthcare stuff, right? People say, oh, well, we are going to do X, Y, and Z for healthcare on the national stage. And people say yay or nay, and then then that's it. The discussion's over. They just say like, yep, I'll do it. All right, well, you could be using your time in a much more productive way And instead of just sitting up on a stage and talking about it, which I understand this is the point of the whole process is getting on stage and talking about what you're going to do, but instead of doing that and wasting everybody's goddamn time because you're probably not going to win, you leave, you drop out, you allow the people that have the numbers to continue forward, and you let them Talk about what they're going to do. And when you drop out, you go and do the shit that you said you wanted to go and do as president. But instead of doing it as a president, you do it as a mayor. You do it as a senator. You do it as somebody in a position to make some kind of change. So, that's my two cents. I think it's stupid. I think it's a waste of everybody's goddamn time. But, you know, I'm not employed by the... (laughs) The people running and my opinion means jack and shit so you know it is what it is <laughs> it's just a complete joke it's it's feeding into exactly what trump would want i would assume he would want who knows he's kind of dumb um maybe he wants that whole like go mano a mano with a one-on-one with uh whoever whomever so but who knows who who really knows it's um, it's a joke it's a waste of time and people are eating it up it's uh, definitely interesting kind of sad but that's kind of where we are I guess as a species so resilient <laughs> we are resilient and uh we are uh, very stubborn, so we'll see. We'll see. Give it a give it a few more months, and we will uh, we'll go to the polls, and somebody will win, and somebody will lose, and life will just continue on as it always has. So. Um, before we talk about prison, we'll talk about the shift the shift in politics to uh, you know as we were talking about in the last the last little section they were talking about the primaries and all that kind of all that kind of stuff. so I think the shift of politics has been something that we've seen um, a cycle of since people started living communally. Um, you see the rise of in, you know, America where I live, you see a lot of people that are shifting to Bernie Sanders, the uh, self-claimed, self-portrayed or whatever the word, um, self-identified democratic socialist. Um, So, you know, I feel like a lot of people really misconstrue A, what socialism is, B, B, Democratic socialism is, and um, see the the fact that we already have a basically America is already a socialist country, and it's just completely asinine to think differently. Like, so when when I say shift, it seems it appears that people there's always been. Uh, let me go back. So there's always been a... Uh, there's the groups of people that think... Mm, I don't want to say progressively, and I don't want to see say um, traditionally for the left and the right, but there's always been people who think differently from each other um, because you can have traditional values and still think progressively. I mean, it's not a black and white... Um, a lot of things aren't black and white, and, and that's a failure of um, society as a whole, in my opinion, is that too many people, are they don't allow for nuance. They just see, oh, A and B. They see a straight line. They, that, that's it. And on that straight line, it's not a spectrum. It's just one or the other. You know, you've got people who call um, Bernie Sanders and his supporters uh fascist communist socialist crazies and then you get people on on you know the left that call conservatives fascist you know nazis and it's like well you know fascism and nazism kind of went hand in hand in the 40s is how we understand how we understand it um, or the general use of the term fascism as Nazism Um, and and so you really see this fringe becoming popular the fringe of political ideals becoming more popular the philosophy of socialism is becoming I, I wouldn't say that that in itself is fringed because I think that a lot of people take Socialism and distort it into something else, the same as I see what people do with capitalism and the democratic or the republic that we have um, in place already so you just see you know the right is going farther, farther, farther right, and you know i won't call it fascist quite yet because they're not nationalizing um, industries um, and I won't call. The left, communist, because again they're not social or nationalizing industry. I mean, we've already got nationalized industries to begin with, with natural monopolies, anyways. So it's kind of just interesting how these people, a lot of people, are. Uh, I, you know, fuck you. <laughs> I'm gonna be a dick. If you don't know that America has social, um, social welfare, and you wouldn't consider that a part of socialism then you're just stupid you're dumb go back to to 7th grade civics we've we've had underlying socialism in america since forever just about unemployment um the the what's it called i think it was fdr during the recession during the whole um Oh, man, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, The national projects that he did where he would hire people that didn't have jobs to get money back into the economy so they could start spending their money. It's... You know, you can look at socialism and and disagree with aspects of it the same way you can look at capitalism and and disagree with aspects of it, but to say that the whole system in and of itself is flawed just because you don't like it is just... uh, Illogical. It makes no sense. You can you, you can take something, and take the best parts of it, and then implement it into something else where maybe that other system lacks. And instead of being black and white, you take the nuanced system, and say, oh yeah, you know, maybe capitalism doesn't allow for uh, some social programs where socialism does. Um, or you can say where socialism fails to um, incentivize growth, capitalism does wonderfully. So you take the two and you put them together, and now you've got a system that incentivizes you know innovation and growth mixed with a system that takes care of everybody, which... I would argue is what we've had, not necessarily at the moment, because we've got some kind of abortion of capitalism. Um, that again, I would blame on the shifts of political ideals or philosophies, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's 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 disheartening to see because a lot of people will take this and take an idea and say, oh yeah, I like Bernie Sanders because he's saying something that I, I like and, and Trump is just the biggest turd on, on earth and he is the enemy. Well, that's one way to look at it. And I wouldn't even necessarily disagree with everything I just said. But instead of taking it as, you know, this whole revolution, revolutionary idea where you just discount other people's opinions, you know, you're you're not going to move forward in any way. And the shift of the left going farther left and the right going farther right, in my opinion, is illogical. It makes no sense. If you tout yourself as a free-thinking American and you completely disregard an entire system that has been in place or an entire philosophy, excuse me, not a system, but an entire philosophy that has been in place, that has been tried, and it's either succeeded or failed. And this goes for either capitalism or socialism. Um, And you just completely discount that somebody thinks differently than you, and then they're instantly a quote unquote enemy. It's just dangerous. It's just a dangerous way to think. I don't, (laughs) uh, my washing machine just finished, I guess, little side sidebar, uh, and it plays. Um, I forget the composer's name, but it's, uh, an old German composer's song. It's like one of the few that he's known for. Um, Anyways, it always cracks me up when I hear it. Um, So the shift is just, I, I think, it's a sign of the times of people being, people feeling like their voices either aren't heard or their opinions aren't being expressed on a national level. And... When you hear somebody say something that you like, then it gives you, you know, a lot of people just kind of jump in head first. And they just follow blindly what a person is saying. Now, for example, with Bernie Sanders and his, his health care, you know, my biggest issue with that is, you know, so he says taxes are going to go up, but people have more money because they won't pay premiums. I want to see the numbers. I want to see what their projected um, percent of taxes per, you know, the tax bracket. Um, so if you make 50000 a year, what your taxes go up to, what your take-home is compared to what it is currently with the premiums that you pay and see if the majority of people save money with the premiums that they save or if they don't. I haven't seen the numbers, so I don't know if, if what he's saying is true. I, I genuinely don't know, so I'm not gonna say it is or is not, but the way that he says it, he truly believes that it is going to save people money overall but he hasn't shown us you know he hasn't shown us the math i would like to see it i would i could jump in behind it uh if the math was there to support his argument and you know when when people then will say against you know going against what his biggest thing is like oh well we shouldn't have it our, our healthcare system is just fine blah 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 whatever the argument is against it um They just go against it because they see it as a socialist idea, you know, and they aren't going against it for a reason of, oh, well, maybe they don't go, they don't look at it in an open minded way where they say, oh, maybe this will actually save me money or maybe, you know, this, this could help, uh, the country, um, you know, I guess which then kind of brings up the whole altruistic attitude of the average person is the average person an altruist in the sense that they will put uh, their community over themselves. So maybe, you know, this, the, the, the famous 1%, maybe they save money and the middle class doesn't. Maybe it's the opposite so then you kind of have to look into, all right, well, what are the pros and cons of, of this, of this new, um, this new system, proposed system for healthcare? What are the pros and cons beyond, uh, my bottom line? Um, and so because of this shift, you see, uh, backlash to these types of ideas that have been proposed globally and have been received differently, Um, depending on the culture, I suppose, of the country. And it's just, um, it's interesting to see because the more and more uh, this goes on, the more and more of a shift you see in at least American politics, and I would argue global politics, you see the rise of this far-right um, this far right movement globally. It's not just, you know, here in America. You see people all over the world that are embracing these extremes on both sides. You know, I'm not just going to single out one side or the other. Um, see a rise of socialism and and communism or communist and socialist uh, groups as well and they don't allow for again I know I use the word nuance a lot so I'll say the gray of each each system or each person's ideas and they are going at it with a more combative mindset which I don't think helps anybody and I don't think it helps any particular country um, when you've got a shift like this occurring, but uh, it'll be interesting to see where this where this this whole thing ends up in you know twenty years from now, uh, given the coronavirus doesn't mutate and just actually start killing people. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I guess, I suppose that's about it. I just think the shift is very interesting. I'd like to see where it ends up. I think people are dumb in general, and they don't allow for the gray area to be represented. It's either black or it's white, and there is no in-between, apparently. So, something uh, something to think about, I guess. So, finally, prisons. Prison, prison, prison. Um, it's something that people talk about on occasion, uh, unless it's your job. You're, you know, an attorney, uh, or, um, I suppose, if you are a uh, a union prison prison union guy, uh, or you're a, a sheriff. Um, it's not something that really comes up until somebody brings it up. It's not something that a lot of people consider. Uh, in their day-to-day, unless, you know, you've got a loved one in the, the system or that works in the system, the prison system. Um, so the angle of attack that I'm going to take on on prisons is uh, an economic one. Um, you know, so the countries dump tons of money into prison and You know, prison used to be a place where somebody would do something wrong, and you hold them to teach them a lesson, depending on the severity of the crime, and then when they get out, they get out. Um, they go back to doing whatever they're doing. So, if you come from an impoverished area, and you steal food to live, um, or back in, way back in the day, like in England, for example, um, you can't hunt certain lands because they're the king's lands. You know the one thing that I find really interesting is uh, old English water rights, like the laws behind their their water water rights in the waterways. Uh, I won't go into it because that's not exactly the topic. But I would I would recommend reading up on it because it's super fascinating because a lot of our water laws came from old English water laws from, like, the 1400s, 1500s. Um, and a lot of our... A lot of U.S. law actually came from, like, really old English things and their laws and cases. So, anyways, uh, America has a disproportionately large percentage of of its population incarcerated, especially when you compare it to the rest of the world. Um, Out of the world's prison population, I believe that America covers 25% of the globe's prison population. So 25% of everybody in prison on the earth resides in the United States, which I find really ironic that America boasts about all this individual freedom and all these freedoms that America has, yet it's got the highest uh, incarceration rate out of anywhere on Earth, and you can make the argument that there are some countries that are, you know, quote unquote, like the narco states in South America, um, the '80s, '70s, '80s, Colombia. Uh, you know, you could bring that up and the corruption that's involved in that with the prisons over there and all that kind of jazz. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about America. So, in an economic sense, how much money is spent? On the prison system, which is you know billions of dollars, right? And you've got private prisons, you've got state prisons, you've got federal prisons, Um, and the shift in prison uh, belief is um, you take somebody that's done something wrong, and you know again, kind of depends on the severity. Uh, of what they have done, um, you either try to rehabilitate them or you hold them. Like, if you've got somebody that, you know, murdered a family, set them on fire, tortured them, some some really demonic kind of shit, um, you know, they're probably never going to see the light of day again. Um, because of the severity of what they've done. And you get somebody else that, for example, maybe they were under the influence driving, and they hit somebody and they hurt or killed them, and it's a one-off thing. Well, that person is going to be in the same prison as the person that went out of their way to commit a double homicide or went out of their way to ruin a family's life with you know, some heinous shit that I, I really won't go into... Too much detail on, on the types of crimes but because that's not where i'm trying to go with this but um, the, the, a lot of people don't get rehabilitated in prison they get sucked into this kind of prison system where now the, there's a culture within the culture of prison prison you know they say But there are rules in prison, and the irony of that is that they can't follow the common law, but they have their own that they enforce. And they enforce it with beatings, stabbings, you know, murder. And to what result? Um, So, you know, the recidivism, or I can't say this word very well, uh, recidivism rate in America is, I believe, like, 80%, Eighty percent, 85 percent of people that get incarcerated return to prison in within like eight years, and a majority of those are within uh, a couple years of themselves. Um, so, 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 what does that mean? That means that we are putting people in a place to that has its own little subculture, which changes the person. You know, seeing some some shit that goes down in prison will change who you are as a human being. Seeing somebody getting stabbed to death is probably not um, something most people will ever forget. Uh, you have to do certain things in prison, otherwise you will die. You will be killed. Um, you know. So even before all that, let's let's back it up here in the whole process. So you say you uh, commit a burglary or you know grand theft auto. Grand theft in general, I suppose. Or you get into a fight, an assault and battery. Words are exchanged and physical confrontation follows. Uh, So depending on too many things to list, you then become a felon. And when you become a felon, now that affects your, um, your employment. You know, whether or not you get a good job, a bad job, depending on what you want to do in life. Um, And a majority of people that are incarcerated come from uh, poor areas or a poor background. Um, So there's this thing where you can post bail, which means that when you get arrested, you go to a county and you get your fingerprints taken, you're held, and if you post bail, it's usually, I think it's like 10% of whatever the amount is uh, from a bailing bonds agency. So if your bail is say, you know, $1,000, you pay 10% on that 1,000, and then you can get released. So, you know, let's say that, um, somebody has got a, a menial job, they're probably not going to have the funds to post bail. Well, what's that mean? Well, that means instead of working and, and contributing into an, the economy, they're now just drawing on the funds from the government, from, from the tax dollars. So instead of being able to pay taxes and work, while they're preparing their case to fight their case to either win or lose, to either go to prison or not. Um, they're just now stuck in the system. The belly of the beast is, as some people could call it. So, you know, uh, I, I forget the, the journal that I read. I think it was, uh, the journal was called The Effects of Pretrial Detention. Um on conviction, or something like that, in employment, and what they suggested was that the average person who gets arrested um, only made about $7,000 the year before their arrest. So if you are making $7,000 in a year, you are poor. You are poor as shit. You are eating dry ramen because your water got turned off, like, (laughs) <laughs> it, the struggle is real for you um, so now you go to a place that gives you three hots and a cot um, you know and a lot of those people did have jobs and so they were working these little kind of shitty part-time jobs but you know they're still doing something they're still paying into they're still paying taxes kind of we won't get into how taxes work um but they're still paying into it um so then, I guess the downside of it is that the same study found that if you are released during your trial phase and you do you still are working while the you know you're going to court and all that kind of stuff, that you tend to get worse sentences. You tend to get uh, maxed out um, like your t- the time that you have to spend in jail or prison. Um, and for those of you that don't know, jail and prison are actually two different things. So prison is more long-term and jail is more temporary. Um, So, you know, they get this and now they have to, once they get out, assuming that they get out, uh, they have to go, well, they don't have to, I suppose, but, um, you know, you go find a job, but you have to show why you've had lapse in your employment history so you have to now show why you weren't working from say 2008 to 2012 and you have to say oh that's because i did time in prison so now the employer probably doesn't want to take a chance on you so now you are already from uh typically you're already from an impoverished area and you don't know much because The majority of people that are incarcerated don't really even have a high school education, so the jobs that they can get, something like construction, manufacturing, retail, um, these jobs that don't really pay well, so there's no incentive to really not go back to committing crimes where you are making more money. So the incentive to make money is is there, it's just not in a legal way. Um, for a lot of these people and so in uh in a different study that talked about and I forget the journal's title I think it was about education and recidiv- recidivism rates um they talked about people who who get a GED or some kind of education uh they tend I think it was um again, about 80% that actually don't go back to prison if they get this type of education. Now, the problem is, is that uh, basically only federal prisons offer any kind of vocational training or educational training classes, right? So, So if you go to prison, and this is primarily true for California, because that's where the, the journal was, um, the study was um, located, uh, most of these places don't offer any kind of education or vocation, vocational training. So they're in a prison system that's notoriously corrupt, that's notoriously violent, that's just notoriously bad all around. So what does that mean? So that, again, kind of thinking in the more economical, um, on the, in the economical side of things, on the economical side of things, um, these people are, you know, they committed a crime. So I'm not saying don't punish them. Um, I'm saying that the states are losing money with the current system in place. On average, in California, I believe, it's like 60000 per prisoner, right? So if you've got hundred thousand prisoners, uh, you know, you've got a hundred thousand times, I think the actual number was like 66 or 68,000 something uh, per prisoner incarcerated. So, (coughs) excuse me. So if you have all those people incarcerated and you're not offering them a way to actually get rehabilitated you're not offering them any kind of vocational training to be a plumber, an electrician, or anything like this, which California used to do up until I think it was about the 80s or 90s, um, now you're just incentivizing these people to go straight back to a life of crime, which then goes straight back to the prisons, which the only reason that I could come up with why this is, the system is still in place is because the prisoners guard union or whatever is amazing. It's gotta be... It's top notch. It's got to be. It's just got to be, because there's no logical reason why a state would would willingly lose money. Right? You could. You could save. You could literally save tens of millions of dollars if one percent of that prison population did not go back to prison, right? So it's just astronomically stupid that the system hasn't been changed you know and um anecdotally um you know the prisoners the california wants to reintegrate the prison gangs and they want to integrate you know the, the certain certain groups certain prison populations which in prison, there, are, there is violence and there are gangs and they do kill each other and there are problems like that. But they're going to put all the gangs that kill each other back into the same areas. So instead of keeping it peaceful, they're going to create problems, which means that prisons are going to stay the way they are because they're going to say, oh, look, well, these people are still not rehabilitated. Well, it has nothing to do with the individual rehabilitation when there's an entire system within a system, the gang system within the prison system that... You know, like I said in the last thing, people are stubborn. They're not going to, it takes a lot for somebody to change their ways. Or if they're not incentivized to change their ways, then why would they? So it just, it's just, it's it's stupid. There is almost no better word than it's just stupid, the entire system and the way that it's set up. It's corrupt and, you know, from the top down. Um, you know, all you have to do is educate somebody. Or another study showed that if you release a prisoner into a different state, then the recidivism goes down just by releasing them somewhere else in a different state. Put them in a halfway house in Arizona, in a halfway house in Wisconsin if they were incarcerated in Illinois, right? You take them, put them somewhere else, get them away from what they knew, give them that chance to show that they have changed as a person. (laughs) You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that, and again, this is just my personal belief, I'm not going to sit here and say that a rapist deserves a second chance. I think that ruins too many lives. I'm not going to sit here and say that somebody that went out of their way to kill somebody, I'm not talking manslaughter, I'm not talking about an accident, but somebody that put together a plan to kill somebody else deserves a second chance. And that's just my opinion. You know, people can change, and I allow that. And I think that there have been examples of that occurring. Um, But it is what it is. I think if you can show that you have changed, I think fine, regardless of what you have done. Um, I will allow for outliers in this model. <laughs> um, but no, the whole system is flawed. It's losing. It's it's losing the federal government money. It's losing the state money. It, th- there's so much that could be done differently where the country as a whole could profit from this and if bernie sanders wants to pay for his health care you know maybe uh maybe change recidivism rates in the prison system and you can take it out of the money that you will earn or the the money that you will save but um You know, you got to get through that prison prison union first, I guess, because, like I said, I genuinely don't understand, because the numbers are there, the information is there, the data is there. You can look at this and and say, like, oh, yeah, this is dumb. Objectively speaking, the numbers are not going to mislead you. Um, You know? But, uh, yeah, oh, well, you know, it is what it is. Well, I suppose that concludes this week's episode. I'm going to start pumping these out again. Um, so, yeah. I think I got my my info on there. You can go ahead and just send me an email or something like that if you want to. Get in touch. And let me know if you've got something to say. Let me know if you've got a rant that you yourself want to uh, discuss maybe. Um Tell me how I'm dumb. Telling me how I'm wrong. I like being wrong. It means that I get to learn something. I think that's an attitude that mo- more people need to adopt. Um, but yeah, enough about me and more about you. Welcome back to uh, Rants of the Week. Thank you for joining me on this rant quest to make America great again. Or make America great in general. Whatever your perspective is, I don't really give a shit. You know. So, yeah. Prisons. Prison system. It's broken. It's dumb. It doesn't make sense. We're losing money. Trump. Dumb. Possible pandemic for the CDC that, again, I don't think is necessarily as dangerous as some think, but it does have the ability to spread quite quickly, which is the scary part. Um, yeah, people freaking out. Got nothing better to worry about, so they're going to worry about uh, worry about that uh maybe maybe i'm wrong hopefully i'm right but um yep shifting shifting political opinions shifting party lines creating for interesting debates and uh yeah well That's going to be it for this week's episode. And I look forward to bitching, moaning, complaining with you guys next weekend. Until there. (laughs) Until there. Until then, um, stay angry.